Have you heard? Amazon is now hiring for their new site opening soon in New Albany. Be one of the first to take advantage of launching a new career at one of the best workplaces in the world. Being a part of Amazon includes great benefits and competitive pay, plus many opportunities for advancement. So get a new job today and kickstart a new career tomorrow. Learn more about the perks of working at a new Amazon site. Go to amazon.com slash start now. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. When you sign up for BP Me Rewards, you can get five cents off every gallon of gas every time at BP or Amico stations. That means more savings and more whatever you'd like to use your savings on. So treat yourself. It's on us. Visit bp.com slash save to learn more. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Ah, good old Burton Cummings and the Guess Who, clap for the Wolfman. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio. Star Cable, we're available on, let me see, Boxy, we're available on Roku, we're available on Apple TV and Sony TV, and we're just getting bigger and stronger each and every day. TV TV starts next month, Exxon Nation. Uh, Yeah, we're going to be going back live Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. until 2 a.m., I believe. Mind you, there's talk about putting us from midnight until 4. There's talk about putting us from 8 at night to midnight. Eh, We just have to roll with the punches. (sighs) Well, there goes my daytime sleep. Okay. Exonation, Brian David Anderson is my special guest this hour, a good friend of the Exonation. He is the gentleman behind Tri-Vortex. And uh, this hour, we're going to be talking about Many things with Brian. Uh, first of all, Brian, welcome back to the Exxon. Always great having you. Uh, thanks very much. Appreciate to be here. Uh, you know, uh, you've got you're a gentleman who has his uh, fingers on the pulse of the world. And you know, I'm just looking at the stock market for today. It's all in the red. Everything from Apple is down. Google is down. Yahoo is down. The Dow Jones is nearly down 300 points. The FTSE is down. Uh, the uh, let me see. The uh, the HSI is down 154 points. The German stock market is down 204 points. What's going on, Brian? 
Well, it's the whole financial area. Uh, we have been dealing with this for 500 years, and we're getting a culmination of this now, what is called either fractionalized mm-hmm. or it's also called fractional uh, banking system. And that basically is that I have one chicken in my bank, but then I loan out that I actually have 10 chickens. But then when everybody wants to have their chicken, mm-hmm. I only have one. And it's uh, the uh, fractal system is not illegal. It should be. It should be declared illegal you know, three or 400 years ago. But it's very corrupt. So it's still legal, but extremely corrupt type of system. Now, isn't so, this something like a pyramid scheme? Oh, it's a for, that's what it always has been. And what it always then depends upon is that there's always going to be some economy somewhere in the world's crashing. Or uh, also what it really supports is war. Is because, again, you have somebody that's always falling out. Somebody's either way up or somebody's way down. Rather than everybody being equal and everybody paying their own bills, mm-hmm. uh, doing their own currencies, that type of thing, which would be the most logical. And, uh, it, uh, again, it's a uh, fraught with corruption and also support of your military-industrial complex. So, in plain English, peacetime is bad for the economy. Wartime under that, under, is under great. that fractal banking yeah. system, yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's also, too, is that uh, when the uh, United States invaded Iraq, yes. uh, our uh, dear Mr. Bush said that the, the war would pay for itself. And nobody understood what he was saying. I didn't either. And it wasn't until last year that I understood of what he was talking about. When we invaded Kuwait and Iraq during those times, they then crashed the the Kuwait dollar. And then uh, a bunch of people in the United States themselves invested into the Kuwaiti dollar. And what happened is that that dollar was so very low, Mm -hmm. then when they revalued that Kuwaiti dollar, uh, the United States was invested. And then all of a sudden you heard during the uh, Clinton administration that we had a balanced budget. And I never understood, I remember this way back in the mid-1990s, that all of a sudden the United States was now had a surplus. They were now at a balanced budget. And they never really explained why. What happened is when they Why don't we just have a bit of a cliffhanger here because I've got to take my two-minute commercial break. Brian David Anderson is with us, www.trivortex.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Take a step back in time and discover Old Florida Cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. Are you interested in the paranormal, ghosts, UFOs, or psychic phenomenon? 
Join me, Tim Bartley, co-host of Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers, Tim and Justina, coming mid-January 2017 to the XZBN. We will channel spirits live and talk to them, revealing all kinds of amazing information. Spiritual attachments will be found and removed on the show, and so much more. To find out when you can listen to Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, visit www.xzbn.net for listeners on both sides of the veil. And welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The Exum. Brian David Anderson is our special guest. www.trivortex.com. Sorry I had to cut you off during the just before the commercial break, pal. But, uh, so, so if we could just get back to, to what we were talking about so we can better understand what really happened. Uh, you know, B- Bush brought us into, uh, Bush number one brought us into the war. Clinton says a couple of years later that, you know, the budget is balanced and there's extra money in the coffers. Yeah, which means it was all uh, derived from when they revalued the Kuwaiti dollar. The Kuwaiti dollar was worth like less than a penny, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it went up to like three or four dollars. Uh, and because of that, then uh, the United States was heavily invested, and there was literally two or, you know billions of dollars that the United States earned off this. They have now done the same exact thing that they did with Kuwait, they did with Iraq, and that's when Bush Jr. came along and said, well, it's going to pay for itself. Well, they did the same thing where they crashed the Iraqi dollar, and now this is the big thing. They call it the Iraqi dinar, which is what they're like, our dollar is called the dinar. And uh, it's a big movement. I don't know if you how much you have in Canada, but in the United States, there's lots of people now that are invested into the Iraqi dinar. There was veteran veterans that were coming back from the Iraq War, and they understood they uh, uh, about the currency of the dinar being devalued to this really ridiculous low sum. Now they're talking about bringing it back up to either its value before the war, or uh, even higher. And for those persons, if you do like a thousand dollar investment, uh, if it comes back to its value before uh, the war started, mm-hmm. you could earn eight hundred thousand dollars. So, so and what they, we're uh, talking about is something like insider trading. Well, and yeah, it's somewhat that way uh, that, uh, that they're going to revalue. So there's now now a whole lot of people that are invested in the Iraqi dinar, including myself. I did a little bit, not a whole lot. I mm-hmm. just I, I, I saw something out yeah, that possibly would be there, but now there's been two events that have occurred that now I I believe the whole dinar thing is not going to happen. And that's first off is all of these Wall Street uh, now protests. They have gone back in and they've been doing some investigating, and they're finding out the organizations that are supporting this whole Wall Street movement. This Occupy. is not just something that is a happenstance type of thing. This is a very coordinated type of thing, and it goes back to numerous um, foundations and that type of thing. These people are that are protesters are having gourmet food served to them, uh, vegetarian type food. They've gone into the tent cities and they found out at night nobody's in the tents. They all went back home. So it, it it's somewhat of a facade. Uh, it goes back to the whole uh, dialect that you're saying that if you want true power, you want to control the the uh, problem and the solution. Mm-hmm. So there is basically they have now these protesters all over, which is very very coordinated. That's when you got to watch out because then it's coordinated. That means there's something behind it. 
the next thing now has occurred, uh, and also now we bring ourselves back to the, what you were bringing up about the stock market all going down, 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 is the Vatican call for a central world bank. And, of course, there's many people in contention, I believe it also is, is that basically all your control of your banks all go back to the Jesuits and the Vatican. When you start taking everything back, they've been controlling it for years. They are the ones that came up with the fractal banking system. They invented it. And so mm-hmm. uh, basically now, which is this, this call of the central world bank, I don't think that the Iraqi dinar is going to revalue. Uh, because if that happens, that will immediately pull the United States out of debt. Just by simply the taxes being paid by the people who are invested in the dinar, that will pay for the budget for probably another five or six years and go plus. So they're not going to let that happen. I believe that the whole stock market type of thing, they're all wanting to go now towards the central world bank. The reason being is they've leapfrogged. If you remember, we've talked about this on the program many times about the Amero, where Mm -hmm. they were going to bring in Mexico, the United States, and Canada all into one currency. And they were also going to have these roads going from Mexico directly all the way to Toronto and and superhighways. Well, those all have now fallen apart. Texas now... uh, came back, uh, uh, did legislation to totally nix the entire uh, corridor going from Mexico to uh, Canada. Now you also, the Amero people start waking up, and there's no such thing as an Amero. It's not even being talked about anymore. So now they're wanting to leapfrog. They, they do not want to have this type of currency or because they didn't get their currency uh, with the Amero, and they were going to have now they, it was going to be a rival to the euro. Uh, that didn't happen here, and so now uh, they're trying to leapfrog over from uh, this what they wanted that step of the Amero and go directly right now to a central world bank. And to do that, regretfully, what they're going to have to do is crash the American economy. I don't see any other way to have that central world bank. Uh, from all the analysis that I've looked at and listened to a lot of people, is that they have to do a crashing or at least a partial crashing of the American economy. And that's why we're not going to see the dinar uh, revalue, and we're going to keep seeing all of these protests. And again, they're all focused on Wall Street. And who owns Wall Street? The banks own the Wall Street. Who owns the banks? Well, if you go back, as I said, go back to everything, it goes back to the Jesuits and the Vatican. So uh, they're, they're doing a little bit of diversionary type of thing here is that they're focused on this Wall Street when they should be actually, at the very least, they should be going after the Federal Reserve Bank here in the United States. I was thinking about this today now. What is the equal in Canada? Is there a Federal Reserve type of thing well, in Canada? here in Canada, we have the, the Bank <laughs> of Canada. It's called the Bank of Canada. And okay. it is responsible for the um, the currency. It's it's under federal jurisdiction. It's not a private it's entity like the uh, Federal Reserve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, well, and that's you know probably why also the Canadian dollar stays very strong. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, uh, the, uh, is the, the the protesters are uh, they've been used, they've been manipulated. Uh, however, your higher echelons, I believe, that, again, they're they're basically working for the bankers. Uh, because, again, if uh, they were really truly wanting to protest, they should go towards the source and not uh, the symptom. The Wall Street is a symptom of the problem, and that's what they want. They, they do not want people to look at actually the real solutions to the problem. So that's a long answer to your thing about the stock market. That's, that's my research. That's my opinion. 
What effect did the uh, did the overthrow of Libya have on the world economy and the uh, the alleged assassination of Omar Gaddafi? Uh, yeah, I don't think he was assassinated. That was crazy. I mean, he was probably as much assassinated as the uh, as Hussein. He, uh, both of them are probably mm-hmm. off in some sort of beach someplace right now because they played a role. Uh, he basically, I believe, over the years, uh, he was installed by the West. Uh, he played the bad guy for 42 years. And then when he no longer had any more uh, bad guy type of thing, then uh, they moved him out. Although he could have done one thing he might have been pushing for is that, see, they also wanted, they had, they had their dinar also, the Libya dinar, and he wanted to make it gold. He wanted to have it be gold-backed. And uh, that would not fit into all. That would, that would just wreck a lot of things as far as the Central World Bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Libya had gone forward with their dinar plans that they were doing, the Central World Bank, by, promoted now by the Vatican, could not have happened. So it was also uh, a lot for uh, if, in fact, Gaddafi was promoting this gold dinar, gold-backed dinar, uh, and he still was under their puppet, but he had this kind of like idea and maybe put people around him to try to make Libya the central of Africa and currency, uh, that wasn't going to fly. So that was also why then they needed to get rid of him as much as possible. But I think over the years, though, he was installed by the West. He's played the bad guy for the West. And now uh, I do not believe at all that he is dead. That again, this is poor science. We do not have any type of body. We don't have any type of DNA. We have nothing uh, to prove that he actually did die. Are, are you talking about Gaddafi? Or, or yeah, Gaddafi. Not... Gaddafi. And well, also Hussein, too. We never well, wait we didn't a second, have wait that a much of, of uh, proof on him also. Well, so, wasn't, wasn't Gaddafi's body displayed in a meat shop? Uh, again, which body though? Uh, and and basically, it was so brutalized, from what I understand, that you really couldn't almost recognize it. So the they again, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, it was interesting is that they found Hussein in hiding in some sort of ditch. They then came along and said the same thing about Gaddafi that he was hiding in some sort of pipe when they pulled him out of a pipe. <laughs> And so it's like they're they they're trying to uh, say something to us here about their little fake stories that they do. But I do not believe for one moment that Gaddafi is dead. I think he is uh, he was absconded away with. There was probably a double that was putting his way the, as far as the body, mm-hmm. and they're taking care of of his 42 years of service that he did uh, to. Uh, the West. So do you think that this is all part of the New World Order's play to gain global control and power? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there's not anything that's not happening right now, especially in the Middle East, that doesn't have to do with uh, your New World Order uh, trying to, again, then what is the New World Order? The, the New World Order, it, its epitome is having this Central World Bank, because then you're going to have literally control over everything with this Central World Bank. And that's what the Vatican is now big time promoting. All right, so what good is the world economy to the one world order if the entire economy is taking a dump? Well, then that's also, that gives an excuse then that the central world bank can play the, uh, the part of the savior. So they, oh, okay, well, I'll tell you what, now you got dollars. We'll tell you what, you know, we'll, we'll give you 10 cents on the dollar. Now you have a choice. Your dollar's not worth diddly. 
or we'll give you 10 cents for every all you Americans now you can come in and be, have our currency but we'll give you 10 cents on the dollar which means that's you know that's going to wipe out you know, we're going to be a poverty type of class after that and uh mm-hmm. so uh, but again then they then they have the control they have the uh that, that and it doesn't matter to, I think mm-hmm. to the the top echelon who gets in the way how many people are going to get hurt it doesn't matter as long as they have their central world, new world order. They could care less of how many people are going to suffer from it. In the end, what they want is that control. All right, Brian, stand by. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Brian David Anderson is our guest, www.trivortex.com. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back after this news break. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Brian David Anderson is our special guest. Brian is the person behind Trivortex.com. And uh, Brian joins us on a regular basis here in the X-Zone. And Brian, we received an email from you about Ruth Payne. What's the story behind Ruth Payne? Well, first off, for those persons that are probably under 40, or especially especially under 30, of who was Ruth Payne. Mm-hmm. So we have a cast of characters, and they start first off with uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, who was the accused assassin of John Fitzgerald Kennedy on November 22, 1963. And he had all sorts of Russian connections. He had a Russian-born wife by the name of Marina. He then also had contact with a very shady character named George de Mornchild, who was also Russian. A very bizarre situation about this George de Mornchild. He lived in Dallas, uh, was in front of, was part of all these intelligence type of operations. Mm-hmm. But also one of the key things uh, is that another bizarre thing is that this George de Mornchild dated Jackie Kennedy's mother, and also dated Jackie Kennedy's aunt. And now he has connections with Lee Harvey Oswald. And he also then had connections with a uh, Russian-speaking, uh, fluent Russian-speaking, Ruth Payne. She lived in Irving, Texas. And George de Mornchild then arranged for Lee Harvey Oswald and 
uh, his wife Marina to work to live with the pains and basically there was Michael Payne also but when they were living together when they when the Oswalds were living with the pains the pains were separated and he was living in Grand Prairie and she was living in Irving so those are the cast of characters uh, so far. What's interesting also is that there is the thing called the Sapruder film. Uh, it was Abraham Sapruder took a film supposedly of the, uh, the uh, whole uh, uh, incident on Elm Street, right. 26 seconds. And interesting enough is that George de Mornschild, uh he was then married to a woman by the name of uh, Jeannie Lagone in Dallas. She was part of the uh, fashion industry in Dallas, and Sapruder was a dressmaker and knew her for many years. And so he also, Sapruder was also Russian. He was from Russia, mm-hmm. and also he was uh, belonged to several other organizations that the Mornschild also uh, uh, belonged to. So now we have all this Russian connection <laughs> wow. with the incident on Elm Street. And so we now have all the players. Now, the um, how I start off with is then now the the incident takes place. Uh, they then uh, capture uh, Oswald in the theater. They find out that he's living part time in Irving. He's also living part time in uh, uh, Oak Cliff. Mm-hmm. So the Dallas police head out to um, uh, Ruth Payne's residence, and Ruth is there. It's now three o'clock in the afternoon. And so is Marina Oswald. Well, Marina talks very little English. And so they came in and said, uh, do you know if your husband owned a rifle and where he kept it? And she then interpreted in Russian. And at first Marina said, no, I don't know anything about it. Then there was a little consultation <laughs> by Ruth Payne who was speaking Russian and Marina. And then all of a sudden Marina changes her mind and says, oh, yeah, yeah, in the garage. <laughs> And so after being coached by Ruth Payne, they go into the garage and they find a blanket, but they don't find any rifle, but it looked like where a rifle could be. Mm-hmm. So they uh, then packed up the blanket and uh, Marina Oswald and Ruth Payne, and they all go to the Dallas Police Department. So now that they release them, let them go, and uh, now we have a whole other sequence of events. It is, one of the things is, is that I would like to... If I had the opportunity, uh, if, if there would be one thing that I could say and I have an interview with Marina Oswald, I would ask her one question. What's that, Brian? And I, and I, and I would pay her $500 to answer the question correctly because now she, she charges $5,000 for an interview. That's what Marina charges now wow. these days. And so, but I'd pay her just $500 for just one question, and that is, was Ruth Payne physically in the house between November 22nd, or, or between on November 22nd, between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m., and it's my contention is that if she honest answered that question honestly, no, that the answer would be a definite no that Ruth Payne was not in the house because Ruth Payne drove a green Rambler station wagon. It was very distinctive. It was 1960 Rambler station wagon with a rack on top and a very distinctive type of car. After the incident had occurred, uh, Deputy Sheriff Roger Craig uh, was running down, going down Elm Street, and he saw this green Rambler station wagon. It stopped. She heard a whistle coming out of the uh, car, 
then this man runs down the uh, grassy knoll and hops in the car. And he now is almost like across the street, and he can't get across the street, and he's sprinting at them. Uh, Roger Craig is sprinting to try to get to them. But he identifies this person going down the grassy knoll as Lee Harvey Oswald, or an Oswald character, let's put it Mm -hmm. that way. And so he sees this Oswald character, or Oswald himself, running down, gets in the Green Rambler station wagon, which is identical. He He said when he saw a picture of of Ruth Payne's car, he said, that was the car I saw. So was she also involved in the whole uh, incident also on Elm Street? Was she there with DeMorne Child when the whole thing was going down? Then the other question being is, when they she picked this Oswald character up, where'd mm-hmm. she take him? And my contention is she probably took him to the Texas theater, didn't even take him to the streets, took him directly to the Texas theater, dropped him off, and then that, he was then the patsy. He was picked up. The person who actually killed the tippet, the officer, was probably not Oswald at all whatsoever. But they dropped off their patsy at the Texas Theater, and voila, now we have the rest is history. And that's what began basically Oswald, when he was uh, in custody, was saying, I'm a patsy. I don't know anything about this thing about shooting the officer. I know nothing about shooting uh, you know, the JFK. You know, he was and he was just like going. I'm the patsy here. I wish people would come forward and clear my name. And so again, we have the tremendous involvement of Ruth Payne. So uh, then, about two years ago, uh, I was talking with a friend of mine who I've known since I was 13 years old. Uh, we went to junior high school together, and uh, she was saying, "Well, uh, I, and I knew her father since I was." the age of 13, and uh, his name was uh, Arden J. Phillips, or we called him A.J. Phillips. He guarded the Payne home on Saturday and Sunday, and she said there was some really wild stuff going on. She said, I've never gotten the full story from my father. He will not talk about it with uh, a lot of people. And I said, well, you know, wh- what about if I try to call him up? She said, well, you can go ahead. So I got his telephone number. Uh, A.J. is now uh, 83, 84 years old. So I said, you know, uh, Jay, you know, uh, he's known me for years. And I said, all I want to do is just get to the truth. All I want is just just tell me what happened. And he was kind of like a, a, a pause there. And he says, well, he says, I guess somebody, you know, people, you know, people really need to know this. So he started talking about all the events that had occurred. And it just it's mind boggling of of what occurred. Uh, the uh, red, uh, we call him Red because he had red hair, yeah. and we call Red and mm-hmm. uh, AJ. And he was a uh, in World War II. He was on part of the uh, underwater demolition team. Uh, then he was a rescue diver for the Dallas area. He then became a reserve police officer for the Irving Police Force, and he also worked full time as a mechanic for American Airlines. So we're talking about a really stable. You know, we're talking. You know, really. Uh, uh, hardened uh, type of individual who went through World War II. He's been through all sorts of, of situations and, uh, you know, knows how to, you know, put things of detail and that type of thing. And uh, you know, during the conversation, he was telling me, he said, you know, I've been through all these things. I've been a reserve police officer. I've been through World War II. He said, but I've never had anything as stressful as what occurred on those two days that I was guarding this house. And because, again, uh, now they're on this duty, 
and uh, they catch these two, uh, or they catch a, uh, a hot rod full of teenagers, and they are all kind of looking suspicious, so they open up the trunk of the car, and they find a bunch of rifles in the trunk, and they say, oh, we're going target range shooting, and they, uh, but Jay was going, well, you know, the target range is going that way, and you're going that way. <laughs> And he said, well, he said, you may be doing target shooting, but not today. And so they hauled them off to the um, uh, police station. Now, about the same time as when, on Sunday, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald is, is shot. And also, if I, also, if you want to get the really full details on this, yeah. if you go over to My God, M-Y-G-O-D, that's the, again, so the website address is M-Y-G-O-D, my God, and then the letter I, and the letter M, and then hit, H-I-T, my God, I'm hit, dot com. And you scroll down, and you'll see uh, Ruth Payne, uh, uh, the, the trench coat man, and the house fire, and have all the full details of all of this. Uh, and I decided to go ahead on this 48th, we're coming up on the 48th anniversary to release all this. So now I have this conversation with uh, Jay Phillips, I go home this now this past September. I go home for my 40-year high school reunion, and uh, one of my high school buddies, again somebody I've known since I was 13 years old, he reads and sees my, the, the the information on the My God I'm Hit website. He said, "I really got to talk to you. He said I have some information for you." He said, "But I don't want to do. I'll wait till we get to the reunion." So what he tells me mm-hmm. is that. Uh, Ruth Payne lived on West 5th Street. Oddly enough, that's also where my family home also was. We lived uh, approximately three-quarters of a mile away. On, we lived at the 1500 block of West 5th Street, and the Paynes lived at the 2500 uh, block of West 5th Street. And so they moved, uh, then uh, in 1964, a year, uh, less than a year, uh, almost, uh, almost months afterwards, Ruth Payne moves to a house, uh, which is an upper-middle-class uh, type of house. The West History House was considered more of lower-middle-class. It was uh, built in the 1940s, and here she moves to almost to a new, brand-new home built in the 1960s in a, in a very short period of time, and she's now living across the street from my friend uh, uh, that I went to junior high school with, and I didn't, I didn't know huh. anything about this. And so... Uh, that and. Now, when I started doing my investigating, and I went to the Dallas County records, and I found out that not only did Ruth Payne buy that home, but she bought two others right next door. It was lots three, four, and five on Woodley Avenue. So here she goes from having one lower middle class home, all of a sudden she's bought three in less than six months after the incident on Elm Street. And this now also ties into a uh, whole type of thing going on with money. Uh, it also has to do with what the a character is known as the trench coat man. And basically, uh, uh, to give the real the Reader's Digest version of this, Jay Phillips and another officer are sent inside the Payne home. Uh, Marina Oswald is there. And uh, they settle everything down, and uh, then... Uh, Jay looks over and he sees this man in a trench coat tippy-toeing towards uh, uh, Marina's bedroom. 
and they then, I mean, it's like they draw their guns Mm -hmm. and they go charging after this guy. They knock him on the floor. He's screaming at the top of his lungs as they start approaching him. And after they grab him, he's screaming at the top of his lungs, Life Magazine. And then, of course, uh, Ruth Payne comes out Mm -hmm. and starts pounding on the officers and said, he's a reporter, he's a reporter. (laughs) 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 And so... You know, and then Jay goes, uh, so who lets you in? And she, she, uh, he asked the guy, who lets you in? And then mm-hmm. uh, Payne goes, and Ruth, before he could answer, Ruth says, I did. I let him in the back door. And he goes, lady, you know, you, you and the kids and Mrs. Oswald are supposed to be the only ones supposed to be here. And, they, and uh, she goes, this is my house. I can do what I want. Now, keep in mind, though, is that on the afternoon of the, of the 22nd, mm-hmm. When the Dallas police arrive at her doorstep on West 5th Street, Ruth Payne and her husband had two children. One was born in 1959, the other was born in 1961. The two kids are not anywhere around. They weren't anywhere around Friday afternoon. That whole weekend, they weren't there. So how did Ruth know to have her children taken away when all this chaos would be happening in her house. That was always to hmm. unusual. All right, you and I have to take our final break, buddy. Uh, as, as always, great talking to you. Very interesting stuff, and uh, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us, Brian. Exonation okay. Brian David Anderson is our guest, www.trivortex.com, and we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation, whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials. How we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Listening to the X Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Well, that'll bring you back to the 1970s in a hurry. 
Lou Rawls with Lady Love. Jeez, I remember when I got that song. It was on one of the old KTEL albums that had all these uh, different songs comprised on it. You could actually go to your record store. Remember those guys? Record stores, you bought vinyl. <laughs> yeah, we saw the end of that coming as soon as the next innovation. Remember the, uh, the A-Tracks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then it went to cassette. And then CDs. And now digital. Bang, away you go. Brian David Anderson's with us, www.trivortex.com. Uh, Brian, so where, where, in your opinion, because I know you've done a lot of investigation into the JFK, where, assassination, where does uh, Ruth Payne fall in? Was she part of the CIA? Was she part of the cover-up? Was she part of the conspiracy? I think she was part of the conspiracy. I think uh, when you go back to her background also, mm-hmm. uh, I have some of that up on the website that uh, her relatives, uh, parents, uh, had intelligence uh, operation uh, connections, and what uh, again? Uh, I'll repeat again one more time. It's my God, M Y G O D. I'm hit. That's I M H I T dot com, and the whole full article. Uh, even if you're not a JFK fan, what this really uh, proves is that there was a conspiracy. And this is an indirect way because a lot of the information that's in there is an indirect way that, yes, there was people involved in all of this and the whole plot. And I believe that uh, she was there assisting probably Dee Warrenchild on Elm Street. She was there and she actually took Lee Harvey Oswald or that character over to the Texas Theater. Hmm. Uh, she was an assistant there, and then she made, she had plenty of time to make it back to Irving. She waited for him. Then all the negative comments that she made about Oswald to the Warren Commission, uh, uh, that was all purposeful. Then this whole incident that occurred on Sunday evening has been remained buried because everybody re- remained quiet. All the police officers who were involved in this incident were never called to the Warren Commission. And uh, so... Uh, everything was covered up. The Ruth Payne, Marina Oswald, uh, District Attorney Henry Wade, the FBI, uh, Warren Commission, and Life Magazine all covered up this whole incident that, cover- that occurred on Sunday night. And the only reason why it's now coming to light is because of my interview with A.J. Phillips. If, it, if I had not interviewed him, this whole story probably would have remained buried. How crucial is this story to the big puzzle? Oh, I think it, yeah, it really fits in because then you. This is a side type of piece, but mm-hmm. when you plug Ruth into the whole thing, especially with Ruth, mm-hmm. her her station wagon being seen on Elm Street, then it plugs in. It uh, kind of all goes in, and then you have all these false. I mean, totally lies and false statements made by Ruth Payne. Now I've got her dead to right as far as being, I mean, a major, major lying that she did to the Warren Commission. It's right there in black and white in the article on the website. Listen, we've got just a few minutes, a few seconds left. Uh, Do you think that this could be the smoking gun to the JFK assassination? I believe it is. All right, Brian, you and I... things that trip 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 it. All right, you and I will be back talking about the JFK assassination. This is November. We always have you on at that time. Brian, I want to thank you so much. Always great talking to you. Take care of yourself, my friend, and keep the great work up. Brian David Anderson, www.trivortex.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues right here, live and around the world, from our studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. I'll be back after the news. Don't go away.